Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. The show features interviews with entrepreneurs who have overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information to help you move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including iTunes, otherwise known as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, on YouTube, and of course on my website at WinnieAnderson.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share the show with others, and I hope you'll decide to join my courageous community. You can do that by becoming a fan of the show on my website at winnieanderson.com fans. And when you do, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox along with information, tips, and resources to help you consistently move forward to reach your biggest goals. You'll discover how to position and pre-sell yourself as the unique solution provider you are and ultimately to profit from your expertise. You'll discover how to step up as the leader you are and stand out so you take your place as the trusted authority and go-to leader in your field. I'm sure you believe that you're optimistic and you have an abundance-focused mindset. You may say affirmations, think positive thoughts, and take responsibility for your thoughts, beliefs, and outcomes. The standard formula for abundance is, of course, ask, believe, receive. Now, I'm sure you ask, and you certainly say that you believe, so why aren't you receiving? Have you ever deflected a compliment? You know, when someone says that shirt looks good on you and you say, oh, this old thing. Have you ever gotten a compliment about your work and said, oh, it was nothing. Anyone could have done it. Then you want to listen really closely and maybe even take some notes because you may well be putting up blocks to receiving what you say you want. You might be what Nat Karope, my three, calls a conditional receiver. I know I'm one. Nat guides visionary leaders to live their lives in a match with the energetic frequency of their truest selves. Tapping into this powerful source of love, respect, and value frees them from the exhausting cycle of working harder to gain something that can never be achieved through more effort, more work, more sacrifice, and instead create space for them to experience the ease, joy, and adventure in the present moment. Nat is also the host of the Bold Magnificence podcast, where he and his guests share stories about having the courage to live in alignment with what lights them up. And what lights Nat up is experimenting with exotic cuisine, finding adventure in far-flung places, and dancing the Argentine tango with his beloved wife, Olga. So listen in as Nat explains how we cut off the abundance we dream of and deserve, the different types of conditional receivers so you can recognize which one you are, strategies to begin to break free from the conditioning that you've experienced in your life, without blaming, shaming yourself or others. The ultimate need and goal we all share as humans, and the one thing we're all told to do as service providers that actually sets us up for struggle, 
and even resentment. Matt also shares how conditional receiving impacts the, the strategic actions we must take in growing our businesses and the single practice where everything begins. As always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your action step and cocktail exercise for this episode. All right, I'm excited to have you here, Nat. Thanks so much for coming back. Oh, you're so welcome, Wendy. It's uh, wonderful to be back. Well, let's just let's dive right in. Um, you know, the basic formula for abundance, we both very well know, as everybody does, right? Ask, believe, and then receive. But it doesn't always work out just that smoothly, doesn't it? I, I wish I, I could just, like, ordering off a menu, ask for something, and then just believe I'm going to get it, and here it is 20 minutes later or less, right? So what talks, or what really gets in the way of actually receiving? Because I think that's yeah. a really powerful issue. Sure. Um, and the metaphor you used is perfect. I mean, it very much is like ordering off a menu, except that um, we don't have any resistance. We don't have any baggage or stuff around ordering off a menu, right? right? We right. just expect, okay, I'm going to order, I'm going to get my thing. Um, it's going to come in whatever time. If we have expectations about it should be different, then we might get all caught up in, oh, it's not here yet, or what's taking so long, or are they screwing up our, our order? And if, if we've ever had that experience before of, oh, I've ordered from here and they screwed up my order, next time you order, you're going to have that in your consciousness and you're going to wonder, are they going to screw it up again? Yes. And more often than not, because you have it in your consciousness, you think, or, or it, it happens, like they screw it up in some way because you were expecting that, right? So in, in our lives, there are very many things that we receive easily every day. We think, oh, I want a glass of water. You go get a glass of water. You, uh, I'm going to drive from point A to point B, and you get to point B very easily. And then there are so many other things that we grow up with, with resistance, right? Meaning, um, oh, money is hard to come by, or money is icky, or... Um, Work is know, hard. Work is hard. I'm not supposed to sell myself. I'm not supposed to um, be so outspoken. Like we have all these messages yes. that we've been conditioned to believe yes. growing up, right? That influence um, how much we allow what we want in our lives. Yeah, that, because I think that expectation is there that I'll ask for something and it it won't happen. One little example here, and this is a big confession. I've never, honestly never told anybody or talked about this before. So I'm the kind of person that when I get hurt, I just figure, oh, you know, I'll just brush it off. I won't think about it. I'll, I'll get better, right? Mm -hmm. And growing up in an abusive environment, one of the things my parents did or didn't do was they just would not take me to the doctors. There would, they would see something was wrong and it was, oh, you'll get over it. Just, you know, we'll just wait it out. And, and they would, there were things that I just never got treated. My parents took neglect to the point where I, they didn't even teach me how to brush my teeth. Mm. So I'm, so I have this, I'm going to call it a habit of having, you know, when you get older and things don't work right and you have this pain, I just deal with it. 
until finally I had this great physical therapist and I went to see her about one thing and I said, oh, you know what, this bothers me too. And she said, well, how long has, have you had this pain? And I told her that it was like nine months, maybe even a year. And she was shocked. She said, why would you do that to yourself? Why would you live all that time with pain? And I just this morning thought, oh, you know what? I have that pain in my knee. I really should mention that to the next, to Trish the next time I see her. Mm. And I went through that whole thing in my head again of why would you do that to yourself? And it just hit me all at once because in the past, when I have been sick, nobody cared. When I have said I'm in pain, nobody cared. And I was expected to just kind of suck it up. And you get conditioned to that exactly as you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And and likely your parents were conditioned into that as well. Right. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Part of it yeah. was kind of a generational thing, right? That sure. you know, the uh, very stoic just suck it up and and move forward and I can respect that to a degree, but at some point there's an arrow in your head. You've got to go to the doctor, right? You've got to so so there's an example of probably a twisted one of there's just no point in asking because right. why would I even believe that somebody's going to help me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many conditionings that happen um, that are, that are very similar to that, right? Like it could be, um, you know, like you said, your parents, like it would be a generational thing it could be that also maybe, you know, they didn't have a lot of money. And so you know, their, their parents said, well, just suck it up, you know, because they didn't really want to say that we don't have the money for this. Right. Exactly. Right. And then, um, you know, in terms of feeling neglected, um, you know, as, as kids, we, we tend to make up uh, what is true for us based on the experiences and the, and the, the information we have. So, um, you know, something like that could lead to believing that, oh, I'm, not lovable enough um, I'm, or I'm one to be neglected or not saying this is necessarily you, but just, you know, right. playing out different scenarios here, right. Of like all the conditioning that um, we see from other people that we make up about ourselves based on the information that we have. And we go back to these identities over and over again, thinking this is the way that life works. This is, how I'm to be treated. This is how I should be treating other people. And then we, we take this throughout our lives to a point where we realize, okay, this isn't working anymore. What do I need to do differently? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really think that at some point you have to ask yourself, right, what am I doing that may very well be blocking things from coming into my life or blocking things from my ability to achieve. So, and I, you know, we could talk about this single point for hours, you know, in a, in a earlier episode, um, I think season one of, of the show, I interviewed someone named Mark Baker, who is a sales coach and uh, an author and speaker. And he talked about beliefs and how we have a tendency to absorb the beliefs that are in the environment in which we are living, growing up, 
experiencing and how those beliefs really do get in the way of our ability to receive. And it, that's kind of the same thing that you're really talking about here. Is that right? Yeah. Um, there, there are the beliefs. We, there are the habits that we, um, you know, you think about kids, kids are very perceptive mm -hmm. and um, they're always watching. Um, and so they're learning by watching what, you know, we as adults do. Um, they're also picking up, um, you know, sensations as well, right? Even in the womb, you, you, uh, you pick up sensations of like fear or, or tension or, um, you know, happiness and joy. And so, um, you know, as, as kids get older, they're always, they're exposed to so much and, and the things that they're exposed to most they start to believe that, hey, this is the way that, that life is. This is right. how life works, right? Because they don't, they don't see any other model for it um, until they get much older. And they say, oh, oh, look at this. There's another way, but I'm not like that way. And then that, that's when it gets even deeper, right? Because you think, oh, well, something's wrong with me or blah, blah, blah. Right, you know? right. I, I know for, for me, at an early age, I felt like I was broken, like I wasn't enough. Um, I didn't yeah. know necessarily where that came from, although, you know, older I can see that my mom doubted herself a lot. Um, you know, coming into this world, not speaking English, and feeling a little bit insecure about that. So she had often say, oh, no, I don't speak good English or I don't speak that well, which clearly she did, but it was just like this, this thing that she went to to kind of, um, prevent herself from feeling stupid. Right. right? right. And we all do that in, in various yeah. respects. Yeah. So, you know, hearing that I can see how maybe I took, took that from her from an experience like that or a many experiences like that. Right. Right. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense. So I know you've been talking a lot about this concept of conditional and unconditional receiving. So let's, discuss that a little bit. Can you talk about exactly what that is conditional receiving and where does this whole idea, you know, where do those conditions tend to come from? Is this, is this what we're talking about the, from our history? Yeah, yeah, more or less. Yeah. Um, the conditional receiving that I'm talking about comes from this idea that as kids, um, ultimately we, we want to feel loved. Right, love, love is our essential nature. When we, when we feel something that's not aligned with that love, it feels icky, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel good at all. And, and it can bring up a lot of fear. So as kids, we, we've learned that we need to do certain things, behave a certain way in order to feel loved, valued, and safe, right? And as kids, we had no other choice. This is what we needed to do to be taken care of, to to survive, um, you know, to be fed, to whatever. Like, these are the things that we learned. And so um, not only did we learn that, okay, we need to meet these conditions so that we can feel loved, valued, and safe, they became our go-to coping mechanism to ward off, you know, the, the possibility of not feeling loved, valued, and safe, yes. right? So it become like a, a buffer of, of like, I was hurt before, I must need to fit, uh, fill these conditions so that I don't get hurt again. Yes. 
right? So you're pushing people more away or you're feeling like I, I need to meet these conditions first. And then they become this thing where you think that you need to meet these conditions before you can feel these things and then have what you want. Yes. Yeah. And so those, you know, it goes back to your original question of why not just ask and receive, right? What, what, what's in the way and what's in the way are these conditions that we've learned um, to believe uh, are important for our own well-being. Right. Yeah. And that is a really interesting uh, point of view. I think it also then speaks to kind of the excuses that we can get caught up in that I'm not going to put myself out there because you know, like you're making this, you're coming to this conclusion ahead of time. Uh, it's, it's not going to work out for me. So I'm not going to do that. And I'm trying to protect myself or yeah. um, the, the whole uh, issue of, there's this great book out called uh, Finish. And that book by John Acuff really talks about two things that, that keep us stuck in perfection and, and keep us not moving forward and hiding places and noble obstacles. And a noble obstacle is kind of like this condition that, well, I have to do this first, right? I have to do this first before I can do this other thing. And subsequently yeah. we end up not finishing anything. And it right. sounds like this is really similar that, well, I have to do this before I can be good enough or worthy enough to receive this abundance yeah, that I, sure. I so want. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I identified five different type of conditional receivers. Um, the five are the perfectionists, as you just named okay. one. Uh, the second is the overgiver. The third is the prover or the earner. The fourth is um, what I call the no-needer. It's just the, like this strong personality right. uh, you know, that you know, I don't need any help. And then the sacrificer is the fifth one. And, and isn't there a sixth one, like all the above? <laughs> I, I'm all five. So um, <laughs> I've been talking to a bunch of people of, of creating the all five club. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. The, the, these are all the ways that um, we learn to try to overcome our feelings of not enough or not lovable enough or whatever. And um, there are also ways, there are roles that we took on because we learned that we are valued when we perform these roles. Right. 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 Um, so in, in case of the perfectionists, he or she always believes that she needs to be perfect or what she creates needs to be perfect or her life needs to be perfect in order to receive what she wants. And when things aren't working, she thinks she needs to be more of the perfection. Right. Um, that that's the reason why she's not receiving what she wants, right? That, that it's because of the lack of perfection. And then she puts more, more energy into that. The, the overgiver is someone that feels like she always needs to give first, that um, she can't receive easily, that um, even when something is given easily, she feels like she can't take it, it's too much to ask for. Right. Like she, she has to give more, right? Um, and, and in business, the overgiver tends to um, overgive, right? So giving more time yeah. or, or charging, under, undercharging or... Right, and, and you know what? Discounts. Yeah. That, that is what we're told to do as yeah. well, right? There's this whole right. 
whole mantra out there that you should that you should over deliver that you should under promise and over deliver and while i think the message is in the right spirit that you want to thrill your audience and you really want your clients to have a fantastic outcome that concept of being told that you have to over deliver is just going to feel okay well i guess that's what i have to do and subsequently you're never going to make any money and you're going to end up resenting really sometimes the people that you are serving so i think yeah. there's a lot of unhealthy miscommunication or or you know misstatements out there that we can eat, grab onto because we have that tendency anyway and that just yeah. kind of validates our warped right perception right. i think sorry to interrupt yeah. you but i really no, have to no, go no, off no, it's on fine. That. yeah yeah, no, you're right. I mean, there, there's a lot of teaching in the marketing world on, on what you need to do to be successful. And I, as you said, there is merit there, but it depends on what's the intention behind it, right? Like if you're giving over delivering because you don't feel like you're enough, you don't feel like you, you have enough value and you have to give more to overcome your perceived lack of value, then you're reaffirming that you don't have value and um and so consequently you're not going to receive what you really want right right um i also think sometimes what's taught uh again even though there's some merit behind it sometimes it could be manipulative um you know of like well if you give more then people will feel guilty um and they will have to give back Right. right. And, and so I, I think it's important that we are clear on the intention behind what we're doing um, so that there's no ickiness at all. Yes, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, so the, the next conditional receiver is the prover or the earner. So the person that always believes like they have to achieve or prove or earn her worth. Right. And always have to do more. So, and, and the other thing important is to know that none of these conditional receivers are mutually exclusive, right? Like right. you could be all five and you can start to see that there are commonalities within the five. It's just a matter of seeing really clearly how you present yourself in the world. You know, what's the mirror that you're looking into to see, oh, this is how I'm not honoring myself and trying to get love, security or worthiness from something else or someone else. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I have to wonder, Nat, if this isn't contingent upon maybe who we're interacting with or the circumstances we're in and, and, and then have it be kind of a little bit fluid. Um, I heard Brene Brown talk about how uh, authenticity is a practice. <laughs> It's yeah. not a black or white, you're <coughs> authentic or you're not, that it's a practice and it's a choice that sometimes we show up and we don't feel like we can be very authentic in this situation, right? We don't feel, maybe we feel like the power uh, alignment is, is we're one down and that person is maybe five up and, and we don't feel like this is a battle worthy of being authentic, right? In the workplace, you'd find that a lot, I think. So I think that maybe that's where in certain situations, 
maybe the person is more of an overgiver when at other times maybe they're more of a perfection. So yeah, yeah. So can you does that? Do you think that's true that it's a little? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely fluid. Yeah, it depends on who who you're with, what circumstances, you know, what what your habits were, or, or even where where that particular condition came up and how it keeps on showing up. Right. So then, so let's then talk about um, how we start. First of all, you got to acknowledge it, right? Yeah. And, and then we've got to manage it, right? Because I, I um, think we'd like to believe that we could just stop and start, but we've got to somehow navigate through these. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's so much a managing it as it is an awareness of it. Okay. Um, I, I think, um, I, I would say the first thing for people once um, they become aware, and, and in the end, I'll share a link where you can download a guide to to get awesome. get the whole, um, you know, um, all the qualities of each of them. Great. But I think the first thing is to be aware of these roles served a purpose. And so there's no need for judgment against them and say, well, you know, to further beat yourself up for being this. No, they all, each of them served a purpose. It got you to, got you through your childhood, got you to where you are now. Right. And for a lot of my clients, they're aware now that that way of being is no longer working for them and they want to find another way. Right. And, um, so my, my invitation is first, okay, complete acceptance of who you have been and this role that how it served you. Um, the next is to really recognize that you're not the roles, you know, there's this other part of you, your essential nature, right? Your spirit, your God self, whatever you want to call it, that's who you are. And that part of you is here to have an experience. So there's no judgment whatsoever about this role, this role, this role, or any roles. That's who you are. And so you can have so much love and compassion for yourself to choose another way and to know that because you're this essential nature, spirit, eternal being, that there's so much more that's possible for you. And, and we, what we can do is open up to that. And, and in that uh, PDF that you can download, there's some suggestions on how to start to opening, open up to be, being the unconditional receiver that you already are, that you forgot that you were. That's great. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because what I see a lot in entrepreneurs is that they start off with, okay, I don't feel enough, right? Or I don't be right. believe I am enough. And then I need to ignore how I'm feeling and ignore my fear and, and don't take care of myself so that I can achieve X, Y, and Z over here, and then I can feel better about myself. And it becomes this endless cycle of ignoring yourself to reach something, get a fleeting moment of feeling good, and then back on the treadmill of trying to achieve the next thing because that, that success that you achieved didn't give you that sense of fulfillment. Yeah. And what I'm discovering is that that sense of fulfillment can only 
really only be fully received and sustained when you connect to that part of yourself and make that um, your partner um, to, to honor what you're feeling, to um, make room for all of your thoughts and feelings, not the ones that you were taught are good and, and, and to try to suppress the ones that are bad. Right. Like we, we live in this, like, I feel like we're pinballs, like being bounced back and forth between what we can do and what we can't do, what is appropriate and what's not appropriate, what's acceptable, not acceptable, so that we could be that person of, of love and value. And, but when, when we can relax into the knowing that, okay, who we essentially are is already worthy and loved and valued and safe then we can really live a different type of life. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's really the essence of it. Kind of giving us permission to yeah. have those, those things that, that we really want and are capable of having. Yeah, right. that's, yeah, that's really, that's exceptional. Um, and so let's, before we forget, let's make sure we get that URL that folks can sure. go to. Sure. Um, th that's at my website, natkaropmatry.com forward slash CR for conditional receivers. Great. And of course um, we'll have the link to that in the show. Yeah. So nobody has to go. How do you spell that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just yeah, what was that? that? Right, right. What was that? Are you speaking part? English? <laughs> So we'll definitely have that link prominently in the, in the show notes so everybody can get it. But, you know, I want to talk about a little bit about these, these eight courageous actions that we all have to take to grow a business. And I'd like to get your perspective on these, if I can. So sure. let's, let's talk about uh, the first one, which is marketing, of course, mm -hmm. right? We've got to get our message yeah. out before we can be able to even do the thing that we do so well. So how do you think that the, these issues of being a conditional receiver, how do you think that that influences uh, or impacts our marketing? Well, speaking from personal experience, um, earlier years of, of my business, I can tell you that I spent a lot of money investing in marketing and sales and thinking mm -hmm. that the knowledge of that or the systems or whatever that was the latest and greatest was going to turn my business around. And um, it never did, um, not at those years because I had tremendous self-doubt about my own value and what I brought to the world. And um, I, I realized I was hiding a lot. Um, I was afraid of what, how the world was gonna perceive me. And so it was easy to project it onto the marketing or the sales thinking, oh, that knowledge, because uh, you know, people say knowledge is power, right? Or, the, or the, you know, in, in the uh, entrepreneurial space, there's a lot about like, oh, you need to do this marketing or that marketing. And I wanted to believe all of that because I thought that was my ticket out. Um, but um, much to my disappointment, <laughs> it didn't work that way. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> yeah. And, but yeah, that's the, that's the, New, that's the honest part about it, right? I think we all call magic beans. We all want to find those magic beans. There aren't any. 
Yeah, and, and even speaking more specifically to the conditional receivers, I mean, you know, I used to think, well, um, oh, my, my marketing copy is not perfect enough. Right. Or, right. you know, I'm not giving enough. Or, you know, to play to all of these exactly. different conditions, it, it, it's always like I'm not doing it enough. Right. And, and all it really stems down to is I'm not worthy. I didn't believe I was worthy enough. And so right. I believe that all these external things is going to make, yeah. you know, make the, the big bucks for me. Yeah, it's, it's exactly right. Because it, it's got to be something other than me. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and part of that message we got as kids was that we are not inherently loved and valued, that that comes right. from someone outside of ourselves or yes. something. Yes. So it's natural as adults still living under these, you know, conditional yeah. under these conditions that we believe that it, it's something external that we need to meet before we can have what we want. I agree. Absolutely. So next is selling. And of course the, the sales conversation, I mean, people don't even want to have it, right? So how does conditional receiving then impact the sales conversation as well? Same way, you know, if you don't have confidence in who you are and, and what you're providing, um, your own value, um, if you're afraid of rejection, right, of, um, yeah, you know, then sales conversations don't go well. Um, you, you know, if you're, I mean, it's just, like, there's so much. Um, sometimes uh, I didn't speak too much about the no-needer or the strong, the strong one, the one that feels um, often acts as if they have everything together, right? And and um, showing a need, showing that you you know you need something is a sign of weakness. Right. You know, in a sales conversation, you're never really going to have that because you're you're not going to even ask for what you need because you feel like that's a weakness, and so that that you know that goes nowhere. Well, and that's I I, I love that that you mentioned that because again true confession here, when I was first done on my own, I really felt like that's what I was doing, that I was asking from a place of neediness. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, first of all, like I said, I would ask and never get, so you never wanted to show that you were needy because you weren't going to get anything anyway, but that's not what sales is. Sales is yeah. that I have a solution to your problem. Are you ready to receive my solution and right. once you get that whole emotional twist out of there you're able to see this as what it genuinely is it's an exchange you've got a problem and i can fix it mm -hmm. do, you, do you want do you want the prop the problem fixed it's yeah 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 it's really well said so how about fulfilling this concept of overgiving as we already talked about a little bit and obviously it's one of your conditional receivers we talked a little bit about these messages that this is what you're supposed to do is over deliver. How do we balance that desire to be of service and make people happy with the, this whole concept of, but we have to over deliver. Yeah. Um, I think that when we start from a place of knowing that we're inherently valued and loved, right? Um, and, and that's a practice. It's, it's, it's not an intellectual thing. I mean, it might start as an intellectual thing, but there, there needs to be a practice so that we feel it more in our, in our bodies, in our hearts. Um, but when we start from there and we 
nourish ourselves in that, then we can give from a place of overgiving. Uh, I mean, uh, give from a place of overflow. Yeah. Right. So you you know that you have plenty to give. That there's no limitation to who you are and what's possible. And so you give from a place of service of like, yes, I feel like this would really serve my clients, my customers. And I'm there, there's no weirdness around it, right? There's no like, I'm giving so, you know, in hopes that I'm going to get more, right? Right. There, there, there's just no weirdness around it. It's just like this really loving exchange of like, this feels right. And when we can give from that place of fulfillment, then we, we're not depending on the sale or the customer satisfaction to make us feel a certain way. And yet we're not, we're still conscious of um, creating a good transaction. Right. Yeah. 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 I, 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 yeah. That's, that's really awesome. So let's look at then creating, right? We spend a lot of time creating content, creating offers, creating packages and, and courses, etc. How does this fit into the process here? Yeah, I would say every person is different um, in terms of what they choose to create or don't create. Um, I used to be, I used to (laughs) live in a lot of fear about this and think I needed to create a lot. And I would always be creating something new. And almost always it came from a place of fear. Like if I don't create this, then I won't have enough. Um, yeah. and then need to create more. So that's not my recommended <laughs> place to be creating. Um, but I think that when we're tuned into ourselves um, and we feel into what we want to experience in our own lives, starting, you know, starting from tuning into ourselves first, then the ideas bubble up in terms of what to create and how it would serve and who we want to serve. I think all that information is within us. And, and just because we are out of the habit of tuning within ourselves first and are more in the habit of tuning, tuning in, tuning externally first, right? To see what do people want? What do they need? That's where we, we take ourselves out of the equation. So I think it's always best to start from your place of fulfill, fulfillment, right? Your own fulfillment and then feeling to what would light me up to create, you know, what, what kind of exchange, what kind of relationship do I want to have? I think that's the best place to create from. Yeah, that's great. So here are a couple of, some of these are going to be a little bit personal. So, so the next one is managing. So mm-hmm. There, of course, are many facets to managing managing a business. What, as as you've grown your business, what area do you wish you had spent more time managing or focusing on as you've grown? Hmm. This is a tough question. So, I mean, I feel like the 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 thing that I'm here to learn the most and to practice because it's showing up a lot. In, in all areas of my life is consistency, like taking one little step um, and trusting that it's going to lead to something bigger. You know, um, I know 
I used to be under the, uh, I used to do like an all or nothing. Like, you know, I tried to put all the effort into it and then create a big result. Um, kind of like, you know, right. the lottery mentality. Yeah. Right. Um, and that never worked because either the, the goal or the plan I created was too overwhelming that I just like, I spend hours creating this really amazing plan. You know, people say you have to take massive action. So I created this amazing plan and then it would be so overwhelming. Exactly. That I would never follow through with it. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, what has worked with me over the years and I'm still remembering to do is, is this consistent action. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and the reason I said it, it's a difficult question to answer is besides that though, I, I need to trust that whatever path I took to get me where I am now was the path I needed to take. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. 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 And I think that that's, that's also an interesting uh, idea that, you know, as a, one of those head scratcher or chin strokers that there's this element of, yes, there are the, the things of a business and I need to manage them. Right. I need to have processes. I need to have systems. I need to have mm -hmm. these things that make a business run but then there's this element of managing where you're really trying to control things uh, that are outside of your control so it's this blending of those two concepts but there really are things that from a business standpoint need to, need to truly be managed because they are the nature of whether or not your business yeah. runs right yeah right. and and uh, another thing that I would add to that, though, is I've recognized over the years, you know, I talked about living from fear, right. is that I invested in a lot of programs and systems that I thought that I would need down the line to kind of safeguard yep. me from yep. when I grew to that level. And I wasted a lot of money. Yes. Um, where my business is now is it's in a great space and I have the most simple systems in yep. place because I've learned all of that of like, yep. well, I don't really need all of that. Right. Um, you know, I can go really simple and I'm really happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that funny cause that's exactly a conversation I was having earlier today with some people in my coaching group. And I, I was explaining that, you know, you're basically looking to buy a cannon when what you really need is a squirt gun. Mm -hmm. So don't keep telling yourself, but someday I'm going to need the cannon. Buy the cannon when you're ready for the cannon. Use the squirt gun now because it's yeah. Gonna, yeah. you're going to get a lot of mileage out of that squirt gun, and yeah. you're probably never going to need that cannon. Yeah. You know, it'll be something else by the time you're actually ready for the cannon, and then here you mm -hmm. would have bought the cannon. But so, yes, I think we can all relate to I spent money on things that I really did not need and, and didn't serve me as well as they could have. So that's a really great point. How about a growing as because as we grow the organization, we of course must grow with it. So what is one area that you think that solo professionals could really look to spend a little bit more time or focus on as they grow? Um, I would say self-care and having fun. Um, I, I think that as solo, solo entrepreneur, solo professionals, um, especially under the conditional receivers, um, we have a tendency to think that yeah. um, the more work and energy and time that we put into our business, the, the better off we're going to be. Um, and, and better off, we, we might be better off in terms of our business, but in terms of life satisfaction, fulfillment, um, energy and health, 
that's seriously lacking. Yeah. And I, I really believe that the more um, energy and time we take to nourish ourselves, that, that goes so far. I mean, it, it helps in our relationships with our family. Um, it helps in our vitality, our interaction with right. our clients. It helps us in having more ideas, uh, more creative ideas, more inspired actions um, that don't, we don't necessarily have availability to when we're drained and pushing ourselves. Yeah, 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 I agree. How about leading? You know, we're leaders to our audience, we're leaders to our clients, we're leaders in our industry segment. How do we balance those needs, I'm going to use that, that term, um, with this issue of conditional response? Or uh, conditional receiving, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it's similar, con conditional receiving and response. Um, I would say the best thing is simply to meet yourself where you are, um, to uh, practice a lot of awareness and compassion. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that like, we're always leading. Right. I think you just said that yes. we're, we're always leading, um, whether we're aware of it or not. And uh, the more awareness that we develop, uh, the more self-aware that we are, the better, better leaders we we are to not only ourselves, but to other people. Just we were talking about kids earlier. Kids are always watching. Well, people are always watching. And um, yes. I think like it has to start with leading ourselves first and then. Um, and then people come on board following that, that energy trail, if you will, that, you know, the right. intention you're putting out, they're going to resonate with you or not. Yeah. 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 So, uh, finally, last, but by no means least is living, right. Which can be, should be a courageous action as well. So what do you think is one of your best practices that you want to share for making sure you're building a life and not just a business? Uh, the most impactful practice um, is to love unconditionally. Um, and it seems, sounds lofty. Um, I have this practice I call the namaste practice where, you know, if, you know, we often, if you've been to yoga or some other um, gathering, you hear, you say namaste, like the light in me sees and light in you. But how often does that really happen in the day-to-day -day world? We're often so full of judgment about other people or even about ourselves. Um, I started this practice several weeks ago, probably, well, actually several months ago now. And it's simply whenever I'm um, aware of feeling less than or feeling better than someone or in my head about some judgment, I drop into my heart, I feel this sense of love, and then I feel that sense of love, like my light literally connecting with someone else's light and creating a, a union, right. right, of love, understanding that there's no separation. Because when we create that separation, we think I'm better than they are or they're better than I am. Right. Um, we create that fear and that fear doesn't lead to good consequences. Right. So, um, you know, I think the more that we can be loving, accepting, compassionate to ourselves, the easier it is to be to other people. 
and vice versa. The more that we can open our hearts to other people's behavior, not to say that we necessarily condone or agree with what their behaviors are, but to know that the essence of who they are, not necessarily their personality, but the essence is still light. If we can connect to that and, and see them that way, then, then we really make a um, comfortable, uh, fulfilling, energizing life for ourselves and for the people around us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really well said. So, Nat, I could go on all day talking to you, obviously. This is, this is really fascinating. Why don't you share just a little bit about exactly what it is that you do with folks and then repeat where they can go for more information. Sure. Thank you, Wendy. Um, so I'm, I'm a coach. I work with entrepreneurs who um, are at that point in their life where they're realizing that um, they want more out of their life, but they're also realizing that the way that they got to this point isn't working anymore. And, and it's an interesting space to be because the tendency is, well, I want more, and so I should do more what I've been doing, but it's not, it's not working. Right. right. So what, what the heck do I do? Right. Um, so I love working with uh, entrepreneurs that are in that space. Um, I work one-on-one -on -one and in groups and it's really about opening up to more of what's possible and connecting within to trusting ourselves more and making room for all aspects of, of who we are, not, not just the ones that we've learned are acceptable. Okay. Um, so it's, it's just a really beautiful unfolding process. Um, and, and the other thing that I want to mention is that I don't really believe in fixing. I don't believe that there are any problems. I think that where you show up now and the desire for more is a great place to start. And, and that the more that we can put energy into what we want to create and open up to is easier than thinking we need to fix something to get what we want. Yeah. 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 And um, I love that. Yeah, thank you. So people, could, again, can find me on my website at natkaropentry.com. You'll uh, be able to see that on the show page. Um, and uh, Winnie, this has just been such a joy. Thank you so much for having me back on your show. Thank and you. Um, yeah, appreciate you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming back, and thanks for sharing such great, powerful information. Thank you. All right, I hope you found that interesting and helpful. If you like this episode, please share it with your connections. Please leave a great review for it on the platform where you consumed it. And be sure to subscribe either on that specific platform like iTunes, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store. When you subscribe on my website at winnieanderson.com fans, you'll get episodes emailed to you each week along with information, tips, and resources to help you come out of hiding, stand up, and stand out as a clear leader, trusted authority, get your message out in a more powerful way, and achieve your business goals so you can profit from your expertise. All right, so your cocktail exercise, otherwise known as a reflection exercise. No alcohol needs to be involved. Don't drink and drive. Don't overindulge. All right, so when I first realized that the strategies and behaviors that I had used to survive an abusive home life and to thrive in a corporate environment were actually holding me back while, when I went out on my own, I started to recognize how I was actually pushing away the success that I said I wanted and self-sabotaging myself.
Nat's way of approaching this helps me to really recognize those patterns and take the process of dismantling them much deeper. And I can do that from a place of self-love and not a place of self-loathing. So your reflection exercise is to really think about this. Which of the conditional receivers are you? You can have properties of all of them, but there's likely to be one that dominates for you. For me, it's the no-needer. Okay, so now your action step. In addition to going to Nat's website and getting the, uh, the list of conditional receivers and the details, you really want to think about and take some action on your own. So the first step to changing anything is, of course, with awareness. Begin to tune into the things you say and do and recognize how you may actually be caught in a pattern of making work and receiving the fruits of that work harder than it really has to be for you. As you begin to tune in, begin with the smallest and what appears to be easiest step to becoming an open receiver. For me, one of the great problems that I had was receiving compliments. So I started by not trying to minimize or deflect that compliment, but instead, I just said thank you. Think about it. By deflecting a compliment or praise, you're actually questioning the honesty and authenticity of the person who's giving you that compliment. I think conditional receiving is really tied to the needs that we've developed, and there are hyper needs we have, needs that dominate our actions because we work so hard to get those needs met, and they end up holding us back at some point. So start tuning in to what you're doing and challenge yourself by asking yourself why you do that or why you did that. And if you'd like to get a list of these hyper needs, head to my website, winnieanderson.com receive for information on how to get that and for the show notes and other resources mentioned in this episode. And if you're an introverted solo professional or someone with introverted leanings, you're ready to get support to reach your business development goals as part of a community of like-minded and like-personality professionals, then head over to winnieanderson.com slash join the lab and join my Facebook group, the Courageous Entrepreneur Lab. Thanks for listening, and remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.